Say, I love the Word of God. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. My sermon title today is called, How Do I Know? Have you ever prayed and thought, I wonder if that I'm going to get an answer to that prayer. Can you know? Can you know that you know that you know that you know that you know? You can. But how do you know that you know? Now, a lot of you will make a statement to me, well, because I'm a Christian. Well, that, okay, that's kind of, that, that's true. That's not, well, God's a good God. Yeah, 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 I know that. Now, we're going to go back and we're going to talk a little bit about Abraham. And at the end of the service, we're going to have communion. Well, they're going to bring communion elements in here. And um, I'm going to turn you loose and let you serve yourself. So uh, next Sunday, we're going to do the same thing again. We'll do it until the Lord deals with me otherwise. But we're, but we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. We're going to talk about the goodness of God. We're going to talk about what it actually means to be a Christian. So Genesis, and we're going to go back to the very beginning. The book of Genesis means beginnings. Chapter 15, verse 1, and we're going to begin reading. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Look at the next statement. And Abram said, Well, what are you going to give me seeing I go childless in the air of my house as Eliezer of Damascus? Abraham said, look, you hadn't given me any offspring. Now, you would think by reading that, that Abram jumped right in on God and starts talking about children. Not, not, not so easy. Not so fast. Every time up until this that God has approached Abram, which we will call Abraham because we're on this side of the covenant, God has, saw, has said constantly, I'm giving you land for your inheritance and for your seed. So he's heard God say this several times already. And here he comes one more time and says, Hey, good morning, Abraham. How are you doing? I am God. I'm your exceeding great reward. And Abram says, Hold it a minute. You keep talking about my inheritance. You keep, you keep talking about this land and all the. He said, I don't even have any kids. So you can see why Abram kind of jumped in on God's exciting announcement. Hey, I know you're all excited, but me and Mama, <laughs> she's old and I'm old. And, <laughs> and I know you're talking a big talk, well, where's your walk? Now, now he's fixing to ask him a question, and that, that's where we have to go right now because we all, we all ask the same question. Every one of us have asked this question. And Abram said, look, you gave me no offspring. The guy that's born in my house, he ain't even in, I, I, didn't, I didn't birth him. Behold, the word came and says, this one will not be your heir, but the one will come from your own body will be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, I want you to look at the heaven, count stars. If you can number them, so shall your descendants be. Now, I don't know how many of y'all have ever been to New Mexico or somewhere where they don't have lights at night. You need to. If any of you have ever done this, you have no idea how beautiful the sky is when you don't live near a city. The, 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 the stars look like millions of diamonds on velvet. And it is a gorgeous sight. Lisa and I were in New Mexico once driving through. By the way, fill up your gas tank and carry an extra can because there are no gas stations anywhere in New Mexico. And don't drive at night unless you want to spend the side of, night on the side of the road. Anyway, so I pulled up to a pump on fumes one night. And I went, oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the pump was on. And it's 2 or 3 in the morning and... We're, and, and, we're, and I mean, it's, the, the light is on. The idiot, 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 idiot. And I get out and I look up and all I see is stars. And I'm going, you are awesome. So this is what Abraham is looking at and God takes him out. And So what's he doing? He's giving him a mental image of people. And Abraham is going, okay, I'm game. 
Look at what he said next. I want you, I want you to zero in on what Abram says. And he says, he believed the Lord and he counted it for righteousness. We're going to come back to that scripture. And he said, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land and inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how do I know? How do I know that I'm going to inherit this? Now, I want you to think about this. Abram doesn't have TBN, Joyce Myers, or Copeland. He doesn't have a church to go to. He has no Bible. Here's a guy who calls himself God. I'm going to give you this land. He's like, all right, what's to keep God from never showing up again? What are you going to do, get a lawyer? I told a joke one time. I said, where are you going to get one? But they're all in hell. I had a lawyer in the audience, and he got offended and never came back to church. I said, okay, all but one. No, 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 I'm teasing. I'm teasing. If you're a lawyer, I'm teasing. But, but how would you sue God? How would you make God keep his word? You can't. Or can you? Is it possible to hold his nose to a grindstone? Is it possible? It is. It most certainly is. See, we have a whole group of people, and, I'm, and let's just talk about it right now because some of you came out of churches where they're always talking about the sovereignty of God and you never know what God will do. Yeah, you, yeah, you have a book. You should know what he'll do. And what that is is people who don't know blood covenant. They do not understand blood covenant or they wouldn't say what they're saying. To them, God is random. He's God. He can do what he wants to. He's God. He, he can lie if he wants to. He's God. He can steal. He can kill people if he wants to. No, he can't. No, he can't. So Abram sitting there in his tent, looking at the sky, slap middle of nowhere, and he says, you tell me how I know you're going to keep your word. Now, this is a huge statement from him. So Abram said, so God says something to him which changes everything forever, including you. And he said, you bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. What's he about to do? He's going to cut a covenant with him. Now, hold on a minute. What is the difference between a contract and a covenant? A contract can be broken. Covenant cannot be broken. Only if you break it by law, your family has to chase you down and kill you. Now, the only thing we have close to that in America is, is marriage, and we haven't done well with that one. But it is a blood covenant until death do you part. And God holds it sacred whether you do it or not. Okay. So he's about to cut a covenant, but here I'm going to jump ahead of myself and make a statement. God is about to give himself away. All that he is, he's going to give it to a man. That is not small. That's huge. So he says, now you get, you, you, you go get you. Now we think that it's, you know, it's the, bill, the, the goat and the bull and all that. There's, there's a little more going on here that we wouldn't know about had it not been Jesus told us what happened here. We're going to go to what Jesus said about it. And then we're going to go to what Paul said about it. Okay. So he says, you take a three-year-old, and it happened that, that he cut them in two down the middle, and he placed each peat opposite the other, and he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. So apparently there's a time period going on here that he's cutting these animals up and cutting a covenant with God. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, a horror and a great darkness fell on him. Now something's happening here that we, other than reading it, we're like, What's, what's, what's happening with him? We know that God is cutting a covenant with Abraham, a blood covenant. 
And he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land and is theirs, and they will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And the nation whom will serve, I will judge afterward. They will come out with great possessions. As for you, you're going to go to your fathers in peace and be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they'll return here. And for the iniquity of Amorites is not complete. And it came to pass when his son went down, it was dark. Behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a, tur- and a burning torch that passed between those two pieces, between those pieces. And the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said to your descendants, I have given this land from the river Egypt, the great river, the river Euphrates. God is about to go into a covenant with a, with a human being. Now, go with me to John. Please, go with me to John chapter 8. We're going to hear Jesus talk about this day. If we didn't have Jesus talking about this, we would know what happened, but we wouldn't really know the details. Jesus is going to give us some details. Are you ready? How many of you believe Jesus knows what he's talking about? All right, we're going to start with verse 48. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And the Jews answered and said, I'm on, I'm on verse 48 in case you didn't hear it. Do not say rightly that you're a Samaritan and have a demon. The Samaritans were half Jews and the Jews didn't like them. Okay. Jesus said, I do not have a demon. I honor my father, but you dishonor me. I, and I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he'll never see death. That's a big statement. And the Jews said, now, we know you have a devil. Abraham is dead. And the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he'll never see death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who's dead? Answer that. Yes, he is, isn't he? Okay. Who do you make yourself out to be? Who do you think you are? Jesus is either God or a lunatic. People say, well, he's a good man. Ain't no way. Good people don't run around calling themselves God. Okay, never mind. Unless you maybe are. Jesus said, I, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. My father honors me, whom you say he's your God. If you knew him, and I know him, and if I say you do not know him, I would be a liar like you. Your father rejoiced to see my day. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Question. When in the world did he see Jesus? When he got covenant. Now listen, listen, listen. We know what happened to cross. The sky went dark. Everything went bad to great horror. God took Abraham to that spot And he said, Abraham, you're cutting a natural covenant, but I'm fixing to show you the covenant I'm going to cut with you. Amen. And he took him. And when we read the Bible that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, it was a promissory note only. Abraham never got born again. He believed the blood covenant future. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you with the Bible. Abraham's faith was not in Isaac. Abraham's faith was in Jesus. Because if his faith is in Isaac, he's the only man that ever got saved believing in his son. All the rest of us got saved by believing in Jesus. Did Abraham get saved by believing in Jesus or Isaac? It had to be Jesus. Jesus just got through telling us that he saw his day. So Abraham knows that God is going to come to earth, walk the earth as a human being, and go to the cross and cut covenant with him. See, ask a question. How do I know you're going to answer my prayers and do this amazing thing you're saying? I'm going to show you because I'm going to give you me. Everything I am is yours. Now you understand why he's impotent and he doesn't care. 
You also know why Sarah's barren, and he don't care. See, it don't matter whether you are broke. You have a covenant with God. It don't matter whether you don't have, whether you have a job, don't have a job, whether you got brains or you ain't even got no brain. You have a covenant with Almighty God, and He is rich, and He is a blessing, and everything that He is is yours, and that's where our faith is in Jesus. It's not in you. My faith is not in me. Have faith in God. But what is it about? How do I know? Because he gave me himself. And everything I have and ever will have is because of blood. All right, let's go. Y'all, I got way ahead of myself. I got into my, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get so excited. See, you don't have any problems. You say, well, I got wrong. No, you don't. Look, look, look at verse 58. Most surely I say to you before Abraham was, Shondai, I am. Come on. I am. I am. They took up rocks to stone him. We bowed our knee. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, now I, that's one witness. Let's go with the second witness. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Go on, let's go to Galatians 3. Because I made some statements, and I know some of y'all are thinking, and that could be dangerous. <laughs> if I tease you, do not get mad. Because I love to mess with people. You know, Lisa, when I married her, she was easy to mess with. She don't, I can't, she doesn't take me serious anymore. And so I have to pick on y'all. Because I can't get her to bite anymore. I just cannot get Lisa to bite the worm anymore. I, I, I tease her, she, whatever. But when I married her, oh, she's so gullible. So you'll hear her say, if he's not behind the pulpit, don't believe a thing he says. <laughs> because even though I love God and I love God and I love preaching truth, I also love to see how if I can. Ha, I got one. Never mind. Okay, 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 okay. So let's get serious. Not, not joking now. No playing. Okay. Galatians. Uh, oh, what am, where am I? Where am I going? Galatians 3. Galatians 3. 15. Brethren, I speak in a manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. You're not adding to the covenant. You ain't doing anything. You ain't changing it. Now to Abraham and his seed. Read it. Where the promises made, he did not say seeds. As of many, but one, and to your seed, who is who? Who is the covenant between Abraham and, Abraham and God? And God's covenant is Abraham believed in Jesus, not in Isaac. Now, if, if he has a seed coming through him, then there must be an Isaac. And there has to be an Isaac for God to keep his word. So therefore, when God asked Abraham to take his son, his only son, and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah, he took him to the spot that Jesus would die. Abraham already knew about that spot. He'd already seen in a vision that hill and that spot. He already saw the cross. He already knew what was going to happen. So when Isaac is here, he says, hey, Dad, we see the fire, we see the wood, we see the knife. Uh, where's the sacrifice? And he says, God will provide himself. 
Abraham is already telling Isaac, don't worry about it. And he already had him as though he was going to, he said, if I kill you, God's got to raise you from the dead. He said, because I already know that God, and I have a covenant. I've already seen it. So his faith was in the blood of Jesus. So, so, so Abraham is impotent. Sarah's barren. That means the lineage is supernatural. Now listen to me. Everything about you is supernatural. And I say that because I want you to understand something. You are not adding anything to God. I know you're smart, but you're not that smart. I know you're good, but you're not that good. You see, your new birth, you did nothing. Now go, now, go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. You know, if you ain't shouting, if you want to shout, it's fine, it's fine. In this church, we do not restrain happy people. Oh, foolish Apopconians, who bewitched you that you would not obey the truth? Who's, uh, Jesus was, was clearly portrayed among you, crucified on the cross. And I want to ask you a question. When he says you receive the Spirit, that's the new birth, not the baptism, all the ghost, the evidence, speaking in tongues. We'll talk about that another day. But he's talking about the Spirit, the new birth. He's talking about you being born of the Spirit, right? So we're going to use that term so it makes sense. I want you to learn, did you get born again because you kept the law or because you heard about the blood of Jesus? How'd you get saved? By the blood. By faith. Faith in what? The covenant. Okay. Okay. Are you now so foolish? All of you sitting in church on Sunday morning worried about the fact that you haven't been good? You haven't been doing Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Whoa. What did you do to get saved? Put your faith in God. Why are you now trying so hard to have a better life? When every bit of it has been a gift from God, all based on the blood of Jesus. Yes. It's always been about the blood. It's always been about the blood. Paul is getting on to him. What, what, what are y'all doing? You're freaking out. You're worrying. You're overworking. Nothing wrong with a job. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Have you suffered so many things in vain? Indeed, it was in vain. Therefore, he who supplies the new birth to you and even works miracles, is he doing it because you kept the law or because of your faith in Jesus? I want you to, he says, go back to Abraham. He believed God. It was accounted in for righteousness. They wasn't even, Moses wasn't even around. Moses ain't even around. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? I got saved when I was the dumbest, ignorant, Heathen. Look at me in that tone of voice. How much faith did I have? None. How much goodness did I have? None. And what did God do? Everything. Do you think that changed? Now that I've been born again 45 years, I'm going to help him. (laughs) He don't need my help. He don't need yours either. My God will meet all of your needs according to. Not your job. You have a job? You have a job so you're not lazy. You have a job so you can witness. But that ain't where all your need, that ain't where all the money comes from. All the, uh, uh, boy, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I want to get into the end of this so bad. I just want to, Daryl, hold on. feel like a horse. Turn me loose, baby. I felt like Big Red just letting me go. Scripture, verse 8, Scripture foreseeing that God would make righteous the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham. So Abraham knew the gospel? That's three witnesses. Abraham's faith was in Jesus. All right. 
Now I got to go to Ephesians chapter 5. Now I got to uh, help me, Lord, say this right. I, I have what I know and what I want to say, but I know, don't know if I want to say what I want to say. Okay. Let's start off mild. Everybody that I know enjoyed the Cinderella movie. All the women were. Why? Because it's a, it's a, it's a prince that marries nobody. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. And she slips in one night in a nice dress and gold in fancy shoes. And he's like, where did this girl come from? <laughs> and they dance the night away. And at midnight, she runs out, and he's got to find her. Now, y'all, all the women are like, Hallmark is never forget Hallmark. <laughs> but the Cinderella movie is really a movie about redemption. The reason we love it is because we know what it feels like to be a nobody married to somebody. I'm going to get a little closer to home here in a moment, but I want to read something to you out of the book of Ephesians. Five, 29. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones, for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two become what? One person. This is a great mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and his church. What happens when a man and woman get married? Now, I'm going to use Lisa and I because I don't have another marriage to talk about. Two things happened when I met Lisa. Number one, her and I have had discussions on how we knew that we knew that we knew that we knew God was in, our, in us getting married. There's something about this young lady when I met Lisa attracted me was the fact that I knew that I knew she had a call of God on her life. Instead of me just wanting to marry her for me, I wanted to marry her for her. And I... Now, now, I know that you're going to laugh at me, but it's okay. It's all right. I, I knew that the boys she knew couldn't take her where God wanted her to go. But I knew I could. And I know she needed me. But I had a goal in mind that when I married this woman, I'm going to turn her loose. And I'm going to let her be everything God wants her to be. So even though in many people's marriage, the, the man marries the woman for what he can get out of her and the woman for, but with us, not so. Yes, yes, there was a certain amount. I, I, I like companionship and I like to be married to her. But I also had enough of God in me to know that God wanted me to use me to fulfill her. Now, as I say that, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. My marrying her, I pulled her into me. And she became a Morgan. And all I am is hers. Her debts are mine. Her problems are mine. Her future is mine. Does that, do you see what I'm saying? Now, there, I, I know that all of y'all know I love you, I care about you, but if you break down on the side of the road a thousand miles from here and you call me, I will pray for you. <laughs> if Lisa breaks down a thousand miles from here, I will go find her. Amen. I don't care what this lady gets in. I'll find her. I am her exceeding great reward. She's a Morgan, and her and I are one. When you got born again, Jesus pulled you into himself. Amen. And from that moment, you became totally 
his responsibility. Everything. Now, I want to use an analogy, and I, and I, want, I want to use this, and don't go political on me. I'm, I'm asking you not to. I'm trying to find a rich man and a poor girl, and the best analogy is Trump. Whether you like him or don't like him, just forget that. Let's talk about billionaire marrying poor Russian girl who, who had no future except to be pretty. But we have a man with the means. Now, he's different than me in the fact that she has a greater income than Lisa. So we're going to get away from me and Lisa for a minute because we got to get back to you and Jesus. And I got to get you closer to rich than Daryl. Because that's an okay analogy, but it ain't nothing like being a billionaire. I was going to use Elon Musk, but I don't know if he's ever going to get married. Because his wife would have to love a space cadet. And I'm not quite sure how that fits right now. So I got I to gotta, I gotta make an analogy here. But the moment that Trump walks up to Melania, Melania I got, I'm getting her name right, and says, will you be mine? She's going, let me pray about it. Yes. <laughs> what happened the day they walked an aisle? It became one. Now, that woman has not worried about food, clothing, or the economy in a while. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Doesn't matter what's going on with Biden. Doesn't matter what's going on in Ukraine. She's a billionaire. And you know what she did? Nothing. And every time you see him, she's there doing nothing. She doesn't have to do anything. But she has a card you don't have. And it says Donald Trump. Okay, y'all. You have a card. You have signed checks. You see, a Jewish wedding does not start at the wedding. It starts when a Jewish wedding, you have to get a divorce from the engagement is the wedding. In, in Jewish culture, the engagement is the wedding. The consummation of it is when you cut blood. Okay, now listen. When she, he says, would you be mine? And she says, yes. He says to her, I'm going to go to my father's house and I'm going to prepare, Lisa told me this yesterday, I'm going to prepare rooms for you in my father's house. And I'm coming to get you and take you home with me. And from that day forward, she's looking forward to that day. Now we are with Jesus. But the marriage covenant has already happened with us. We're already married. We're here. He's there. But he gave us a guarantee, which is the Holy Spirit, that he's returning to get you. He gave you a promissory ring. It's the Holy Ghost. That's like, I'm going to give you $10 million so that I, when I come back to give you the hundred billion, mm -hmm. yes. I don't want you to be have any care, any worry. I'm going to take care of you. But even now, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on, y'all. Yeah. In a moment, we're going to take communion. What are we doing? As often as you drink this cup and eat this bread, you are doing this in remembrance of me. You're born again because of him. All that you are and ever will be is because of all he is. So God said to Abram, 
I am your exceeding great reward. His kids got in bondage and God in responsibility got them out. What did they do? Nothing. Take a lamb, blood on the door, I'm coming. Now think about today, we're sitting here and you think you have problems. You don't have any problems. Because you have God. Now, the, the, the communion elements are not for God. They're for you. They're for you to sit down and go, thank you for the covenant that you cannot break. I am yours and you are mine. So that when Jesus died on the cross, now here's something different about marriage. Lisa and I became one by faith. Now, don't think for a moment that that don't really happen to a man and a woman. Because many times she'll say, honey, I have a question for you, and I'll answer it. You say, what'd she say? Didn't have to say anything. Some, there's something about being married that you can almost pick up. And we've had conversations where she say, I said, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. She's like, oh, okay. Because there's such a oneness, but nothing like when Jesus came to the earth and walked the earth as a man, he pulled you up into himself. And he went in the region of the damned and he took you there. And then when God declared him righteous and he raised him from the dead, he raised you from the dead and you will never die again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. All that, if any man is in Christ, say, I am in him. How's he doing today? Good. How are you doing? Great. So what did Abraham do to get a family? Nothing. I mean, he don't even have the plumbing. It didn't stop God. You say, but I don't have... I don't, but I don't have the job. <laughs> Stopping God. But I, I don't even have the education. Ain't stopping God. Well, I, I don't even have a good doctor. Ain't stopping God. We put our faith in way too many things. And most of them are attached to you. I don't know what I'm going to do. The last time I saw Abraham, he's sitting in a tent staring at goats and becoming a millionaire. Goats are looking at goats. Sheep are looking at sheep. Donkeys are looking at donkeys. <laughs> After a while, the silver and the gold kept coming, and, God, and Abraham's going, this is all right. <laughs> and since that day, God has been taking care of Israel except for the fact that there was a second family begun. You are the bride. Not going to be. You are. When we walk in church and we're excited, we're not just jumping. We're happy. Don't ask me who is my daddy. Ask me who is my husband. Who are you in covenant with? God. Now think about this for a minute. I'm, I'm going to get real graphic. How old are you? How old is he? Eleven. About the age David was. Now I want you to think about David walks out there and there's this guy that's about nine or ten feet tall. 
And David walks out there with a sling, little rock. And, and Goliath goes, are you out of your mind? And David said, you're not circumcised. <laughs> this is what he said. I mean, you got this. He would not know. He didn't say you're not circumcised. He's a boy. What did you send me? Well, we just want you to know how big we think you are. So we sent you a boy. Except the boy is in covenant. I have something to say to you. You're a big uncircumcised Philistine. I'm going to cut your head off. I'll probably have to use your sword after I kill you. And Goliath's in a rage. David was not relying on his rock and his sling and his stone. He's relying on his God. He who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, you're my refuge and my fortress. You're my God in whom I trust. I'm not afraid of the arrow that flies by day or the arrow that flies by night for no weapon formed against me or prosper. Everything, judgment against me, I condemn it and prove it to be wrong. My God meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. If you think, if you, you look at it, don't look at me. You need to see the size of my God. So Jesus is looking at you today going, I am your exceeding great reward. If God has heaven for you, what's he waiting on to give it to you? Nothing. According to your what? He's not relying on you, never has relied on you. Now, let's go back to Melania. She's got it made. She don't need to worry about Taco Bell or nothing. She just don't need to. She just needs to wake up in the morning, and, and her highest priority is, Donald, how are you doing today? Just take care of the man, and the man will take care of you. We love you, Lord. You're working too hard. Okay, okay, okay. You're working too hard. You're worrying too much. Say, God's got it. So in just a moment, we're going to take communion. And when you do, I want you to take that, that bread and I want you to that cracker and that juice. And I want you to say, Heavenly Father, it never has been about me. Thank you for what you did for me. And he who began a good work, you'll complete it. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood covenant. Everything God does in the earth, everything, every, he doesn't move outside of blood. But I'm telling you, the moment you come into his throne with blood, you'll have a, you'll, you'll have a, a, a meeting with God. Because he cannot say no. What do you need? What do you need? I'm going to do something right now. If you're in here, I'm not even going to give an altar call. I'm not even going to ask you, bow your head, close your eyes. I want everybody in the room to say this. I believe, I believe that, Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ died on the cross, on the cross. And, rose the and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, he's Lord. If that's the first time you've ever done it, you have just cut covenant with God. I mean, how hard was it for her to say yes? Probably not. 
people say, well, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to get saved. You're an idiot. <laughs> You've lost your mind. Well, I don't know. Hell, heaven. Let me see. Think about it. Oh, shoot. Let me see. Poverty. No, I don't know. Let me come back tomorrow. No, you're crazy. One of the greatest scriptures in the Bible. Cast all your cares on him. He cares. One of the greatest lessons I've ever learned in my life is relax and go. You got it. Thank you. You got this. Whew. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just did something. So what do you think? Now let's go back to my analogy. Lonnie walks in the thing and says, honey, I got a problem. He goes, I got that. She don't need to go to Taco Bell. Okay, I'll come over here. She just had $1 billion say yes. Or is it 26 billion? I want 100 billion. I don't have any idea. But now he's a poverty. He's poor compared to Jesus. Yes, he is. <laughs> I saw a movie. I saw a video on YouTube one time. And and this man made a statement. He says, when he went to heaven, the Lord said to him, "I'm going to show you my glories." every day forever and I will show you something new every day and I'm like tilt are you serious and never run out I went I don't know you very well that is true He's God, and he's got you. You don't have a problem he cannot fix. You don't have a sickness he can't heal. You don't have a debt he can't pay. You don't have an issue he cannot tell you what to do. He has, he is everything. And you're in covenant with him. So how do you know? blood you're in a blood covenant with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ that is huge that'll make a Baptist shout alright they're going to bring communion in here and I'm going to ask you to do something go ahead go ahead Robert bring it up here's, here's what I'm going to ask you to do for me because there will probably be a line for a moment don't use this as a time to talk. Just let the people up here get their, get your communion elements, and I want you to go sit down. As of the moment that I pray, it's between you and God, and the service on my end is over. I'm going to turn you back loose with the Lord, and I want you to take your communion elements, and I want you to go into the throne room and I want you to get those things that you need now. And I'm going to say this. They will come. It will come. It will come. Your faith is not in yourself. It's not in the grape juice. It's in the Lord. You're going to do this in remembrance of him. And the moment you bring blood before God, he's going to answer you. Because there's one thing that moves God, and that's the blood covenant. Father God, thank you for this morning. Father, what I preach this morning, it's astounding. It's crazy good. I don't want to wait till I die. <laughs> Some people do, but I, I really do not want to wait till I die. If I, if I could tap into you now like Abraham did, I've tried so hard 
to make things happen. It's just frustrating. I'm not God. You, you said, I have a covenant through Jesus. I'm in Christ. That means, that means my problems are yours. That means everything that I pray is, but you said ask. So I'm, I'm going to ask. We live in a time now, God. We live in a time. It, it's, it's not good. But during Egypt, you took care of Abraham's seed. Egypt was judged. But, the, but Abraham's seed was not judged. Not only were they not judged, but you got them out of Egypt and you and you made a way you destroyed their enemies in front of their face you preserved them you fed them you clothed them you took care of them how much more a new covenant versus an old we don't have a promissory note we're in covenant I pray right now that every person in the sound of my voice would take what you said and get real serious. I am God's responsibility and I don't have care in the world. I want you to lay all your bills before him. I want you to lay your concerns before him. I want you to lay your children before him. I want you to lay your marriage before him. I want you to lay your job before him and then I want you to walk away and leave it there. And I want you to leave church today full of joy. If someone asks you why, you say because of the blood. Because of the blood. So Father, I give you thanks. I'm turning this service now over to you and to Holy Spirit. I pray for healings in bodies. I pray for marriages restored. I pray for children coming home. I pray for any and every situation that they will bring before you. I am in agreement with them. Every need shall be supplied. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. 